Welcome to the Block Exploring Podcast, your first step into the world of crypto and blockchain. The Block Exploring Podcast is your one-stop place to find quick, clear, and unbiased information on everything in the crypto space. Our goal is to help you grow familiar with the crypto space by growing along with us as we go on our crypto journeys. Follow at Block Exploring on Twitter for our newest uploads and our publishing schedule. We, here at Block Exploring, are crypto enthusiasts working hard towards becoming experts. Today's podcast is presented by co-hosts Tommy and Elias. Find us on Twitter under at Squared and at Otoko Crypto. Right now you can find us on Spotify and YouTube. Before we start the episode, we would like to inform you that we are not financial advisors. Therefore, nothing said in this podcast should be considered financial advice. Always contact your financial advisor before making any investment. With that said, sit back and enjoy today's podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 16 of News Bites on the Block Exploring podcast. This week, I'm going to talk with Tommy about everything that happened this week in crypto. So, Tommy, let's jump into it. Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. Nice. So, the state of the market this week... I think we all saw in the past two days or so after the B word with uh, Elon and Jack uh, a slight rally in the market, mm-hmm. but nothing extremely significant. I would say. I think yeah, it's like a there was like a ten percent market cap increase and Bitcoin mm-hmm. has surged again above thirty k, which I guess is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel? Yeah, I feel like there's some definite bullish sentiment back you know with regards to bitcoin and eth but that's um that's generally it it you know this and there hasn't yeah. been any seismic uh, return that could pull anything let alone the whole market back up but mm-hmm. with particularly with particular focus on the the you know top two dogs in the space yeah there's been a lot of bullish news especially that conference and there's been eth cc as well which is a huge Ethereum con- conference. Yeah, that's also been pretty mad for uh, for ETH. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ETH has been making the rounds, especially. Uh, I think everyone heard uh, Elon owns ETH. That was definitely the headline yeah, exactly. of the keyword. And yeah, uh, yeah. so people mm-hmm. hate Elon less these days. You know, <laughs> they hate him a bit less. The, but it's what I, I I made a tweet about that uh, a while ago. Mm-hmm. I said I wish the the tech spoke more than the figureheads because this yeah it's it's good of course like i'm not gonna hate on a pump mm-hmm. nothing like a like yeah, a good pump the in pump. the crypto market but yeah. yeah but you know i wish it was more um based on the tech than on figureheads discussing it but besides that mm-hmm. i think there's a there's a an article that i read it was like about the influence of figureheads but there was also one about uh, why the Bitcoin price hasn't been able to rally above uh, $40,000. Okay. And uh, the argumentation that we see is um, that the US dollar is strengthening. I ain't that sure about about that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, That there's a new wave of COVID-19 infections and that there are lower trading volumes, um, which then threaten the current recovery. And this was uh, posted on Cointelegraph. And something I wanted to say about that is that I actually disagree with that article uh, in a few, uh, actually on most of the 
point. So um, there's a strengthening US dollar. I'm not sure about that. I think the amount of quantitative easing that has been done has just weakened the dollar for more significant uh, amount of damage than you know people kind of estimate. Mm -hmm. Then a new wave of COVID-19 infections. Uh, I would say that last bump was amidst the lockdown and you know also amidst a surge in uh, infections mm -hmm. and that was actually very positive for the average retail investor to say i mean let's let's put it simply let me just yolo some money into crypto and see what it does to get some spice back into my life All i right. think that's that's the sentiment behind a lot of retail investors yep and then low trading volumes um threatened current recovery i mm -hmm. don't think per se that like the amount of trading volumes, you know, I don't think that they really affect the price that much. I think the if a lot of people hold the currency for a long time, that that's a very positive thing. And that's also, I think, uh, one of the main points of um, Bitcoin is to be in like a long term permanent asset, like, yep. uh, like a digital version of gold or, or real estate and not to be like a currency that's heavily traded. So I don't know. What do you think of that standpoint? Well, yeah, that's the thing. There, people take uh, just very different approaches in terms of narratives towards Bitcoin. And I think most people have consolidated around this um, this idea that, you know, Bitcoin is digital gold or real estate in some sense. Mm -hmm. But there are still like so many people like a large swath of people who who believe that you know it should be a, a currency or a reserve currency of the world in some sense mm -hmm. because that's what some people derive from the white paper and i think that that drastically changes what people think in terms of yeah. you know how strong bitcoin is at the moment yeah, yeah. definitely plays into it no, that's true. And you had like major figureheads like Michael Saylor come out. Mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, it was this week um, that he doesn't think that Bitcoin is going to be like a, a real, like as a currency, like a dollar, you mm -hmm. know, like um, a, a, like a something you use to buy stuff mm -hmm. ever. And especially in the US. Um, why? Because he says... Um, that it's not as much a threat to currency as that it is to property and kind of like these these types of assets like um he says that there's no need for the the united states to be threatened by things like um real estate or buildings or mm -hmm. gold when it comes to like having an alternative uh to their currency because as long as their currency remains accepted yep. you know um no one's going to pay you with a building. It's too, it's yeah. too illiquid, you know? No That's one's going to buy bread with gold because it's too expensive. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a store of value. It's not a, a currency. That's, what, that's basically what he came out and said. Mm. I think it was a pretty interesting point. And I think also for regulators, it's uh, maybe something to take into account when you look at um, kind of the, like the regulatory space mm -hmm. that's uh, and like the regulatory moves that are being made are countries in touch with the fact that it is property and not currency yeah well that's that's sort of the narrative that he well michael saylor is trying to adopt 
Mm -hmm. of people have tried to adopt but it really depends ultimately on how people use bitcoin going forward i think at the moment i think we might see more of that of like what you know what michael sale is talking about people treating bitcoin as such but if we look at you know what's happening in el salvador or what what might be happening in paraguay i believe and what's been happening in terms of development of the of the lightning network as well if people are really pushing for this peer-to-peer you know currency-based use of uh you know of bitcoin i think that might stir regulators in a in a different direction in terms of regulation because if yeah if everyone agrees or you know generally adopts the narrative of property of um, you know store value then yeah, yeah i agree that's like a much more straightforward regulatory like approach or a track that you know regulators could take in their understanding mm-hmm. of how to deal with with bitcoin but um yeah it definitely i think ultimately depends on how people choose to use it in the long run which you know it's quite difficult for uh for regulators maybe maybe that's what they're grappling with that's true that is true i think that's also what they're grappling with and also take into account that this is michael saylor yeah talking uh michael saylor is michael saylor you know this is yeah. the guy that tweets i mean not to speak ill of michael saylor i think he makes a lot of very good points and um yeah i just think it's important to take into account that he's a bitcoin maxi mm-hmm. and that he regularly tweets things like i don't know what's the latest tweet he made uh if you can't explain it simply you don't understand it well enough uh <laughs> and then credit the tweet to einstein on bitcoin <laughs> you know i think you should take some of the statements he he makes as a more like a, a large more abstract uh, philosophical discussion of what he thinks the currency should be of rather than what it is practically being used agree dude yeah yeah the bitcoin maxi is strong it's strong in him but uh (laughs) you know it's strong in many people that is true that is true nice yeah and then um in other news i think that there was a there's a very interesting discussion going on um moving away from bitcoin and uh cryptocurrency and like the state of the market um about nfts and like the regulatory and um legal perspective that people can take on nfts so um that's an interesting topic i mean i've heard that people attribute nfts to well liken them to digital rights and digital Mm -hmm. copyright yeah in a sense that I feel like that's one way of using it and that's like a really interesting approach yeah no, that's true i i think um one of the the interesting things i've seen is that uh owning an nft is different of owning you know an, an anything mm-hmm. uh, because you own the the actual right uh like you own the actual NFT itself and not the right of the underlying asset. Yep. So um, currently, um, if you own a house, you don't own the house per se, you own the piece of paper that indicates that you own the property rights. Yep. Uh, Whereas with an NFT, given that the storage is also, you know, on which the NFT is stored. Yep. Is, is secure and trustworthy and hopefully decentralized 
that you actually own the NFT itself yeah. as well. And exactly. all the right links to them, link to them. That's and I think yeah. no, no, go for it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's definitely an interesting point because that's a, a big thing with NFTs now, which is I think what we believe is oftentimes very much overlooked mm-hmm. is the true ownership of NFTs and um, how does that work and how people aren't being aware of how you know they essentially own a transaction that's occurred on the well, a fungible token on the that's been validated on the blockchain and whatever mm-hmm. is attributed on to that to that token um is held on some server right so if that yeah. if whatever that was you know is deleted then the associated image or or you know video or whatever that's been attached onto this um nft is is gone so you you essentially just have a what what would you say yeah uh, just uh, some code essentially which is a bit which is nice yeah but i think for example with nft art and uh, you you want the visuals (laughs) as well that you know that come with the you know the art the nft which is yeah, yeah you know something that i think a lot of projects are probably looking at now and mm-hmm. uh you know our project anspar that we've yeah. recently gone live with last week is also looking into this but this yeah. is like yeah it's definitely huge in nfts but i feel like nfts there's so much potential first i think that issue can be can be resolved and two i think the idea of digital rights is super interesting. I think yeah. people can bake in, you know, they can bake in rights into the NFT. Like, and I feel like an artist could bake in, you know, um, yeah, by buying this NFT, this gives you the right to print, resell, and, you know, create copies of this NFT, for example. Yeah. I think that would be super cool because it, uh, it actually gives people the opportunity to create more out of something that they've just bought you know completely agree that's what i've also been thinking about like um the regulatory kind of um Mm -hmm. space that nfts find themselves in right now so if you look at nfts right now uh if you buy an nft this does not give you the de facto rights to have the intellectual property related to the work uh it doesn't give you the right to copy distribute or uh, execute it unless the rights have been designated which isn't always possible mm-hmm. uh, and then if you go for like a traditional legal analysis nfts are like really similar to um you know just buying a copy of something mm-hmm. at, at the moment it's because of a lagging judicial system i think that hasn't quite come to grasps with the actual use of nfts yep. you know and also the fact that nfts i mean an, an nft can perfectly fine mm-hmm. uh, or like it, it can ber- function perfectly fine without having all these you know distributive uh you know um rights yep you, you can include that or exclude that from the sale of an L- nft yep. it's perfectly fine but i think that it should be possible and i think it also would give a lot more agency to the creators themselves mm-hmm. and so it would well. take away a lot of barriers when it comes to 
content creation and not just content creation as we you know tend to see it like youtube videos mm-hmm. content creation like let's say an architect yeah. decides i'm designing this beautiful home and mm-hmm. i'm going to sell my design to whoever wants it oh that's kind of cool the blueprints you know? the blueprints and he says hey man this is my design i have the all the authorship over this all the other authorship rights mm-hmm. but if i sell it to you you can build this and you, and i won't say i won't make any claims of owning yeah. this piece of paper i just want to see this building be built and i want to have money for the thought process yeah you know the innovation that could lead yeah, that'd to be, you know that'd be sick you know yeah that'd be sick it would it would really like take away a lot of gatekeeping mm-hmm. that that happens and a lot of um judicial barriers like if you can make your own patent mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. if you can yeah, make exactly. your own patent with a smart contract. Sick. If that's recognized, well, then you don't need a lot of this like interference and yeah. a lot of this uh, financial barrier. Mm-hmm. That'd be so cool, actually. Yeah. I, I think that's the true, you know, like that and like uh, documents of like um, identity. So like passports, yeah. ID That'd cards, huge. all that jazz. I think that's the real purpose of NFTs and that you actually own your own ID. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you don't have to go to the municipality and pay 120 euro. Sorry, that's a Dutch issue. Yeah. 120 <laughs> euro for, for to get your ID card again. Yeah. Or for have it to be valid for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, that's like true ownership, you know? And I think that that gives a lot more uh rights and equity to the actual owner and creator of the nft of the idea it puts much more value on just creating good ideas mm-hmm. rather than finding good funding and getting over regulatory hur- hurdles mm-hmm. yeah i think that's like a, that's definitely a big thing to how the legal legal field approaches you know this this issue but it's also mm-hmm like an issue within the community how how do creators approach this and like think about this and i think it's very different depending on the you know the project because some projects are fairly decentralized made up of loads of people and they just don't you know they do just in implicitly give you know free reign on the of the you know of ownership yeah and what you can do especially with these avatar projects you see people making derit deriv um excuse me derivatives all the mm-hmm. time like you know they'll take their their board ape club they'll take their ape and you know they'll they'll add things to it or do you know some people have like there's like a show a show that's yeah. hosted by a, a board ape yeah it's pretty cool that project's sick it's pretty mm-hmm. insane like the amount of built-in value that's like our community built in like based value that's like coming out of owning something like uh, an ape yeah they're like board ape uh meetups there's just board ape like sub sub communities <laughs> it's crazy yeah but they're going ham the board apes that's... and like just by having an ape you you get like thousands of followers just by having <laughs> an ape you know that's true so no, that's very true so I think also brand, um, branding what you see, yeah definitely and I think what you see now is very much in um, you know it's very hard to 
to practically use and exercise the rights that come with NFTs right mm. now. But uh, even people making NFTs, their avatar is already a use, you know? Like, yeah, for sure. It's not like you get sued for using, um, let's say, if you if you would uh, take uh, an NFT, mm -hmm. uh, like a board ape, you'd screenshot it, make it your avatar. It's not like you would get sued for that, but you would get frowned upon from anyone in the nft or crypto you would, community you lose your you know your twitter points your your cred and that's what's yeah, so important in this space like your your authenticity yeah and uh and your ethos and just like the the fact that you show up and you say you know what i'm gonna respect the fact that this guy bought this nft and i won't use it you know this yeah. is his profile picture this is his ownership and people are doing this people are actually respecting it without the need of a regulatory intervention yeah but it would be good if it actually if there actually was some decent regulatory intervention yeah no someone um someone on twitter likened it to you know knowing whether you have a real designer bag and mm -hmm. not and not yeah. having a you know real designer bag i thought it was very yeah. apt apt comparison you know yeah no definitely it was cool but that's why the i think the when it comes to nfts the the gaming space is like the place to start practically seeing the use of nfts yep. in a in a more like yeah how do you say it like a modulated way so mm -hmm. it in you have to respect the rules of the game right so you have to respect you know the nfts you have to respect the way that the nfts are being used within the you know the, 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 the social contract yeah. of the game i don't know how to explain oh, okay. it better yeah, yeah. but you know like this is i think it's um if you look at uh, the game you've been telling me about axie infinity Man, I think it's, infinity. it's lit. in an abstract way it's um looking into society 20 years from now mm -hmm. you know not okay. per se that the, the society will look like the game, but I think that <laughs> <laughs> I think that if you look at the use of NFTs and the way that they are being employed mm -hmm. in a very abstract way of seeing it, I think you can see how NFTs will be used in twenty years, just in society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the big thing now with NFTs is play to earn games, and Axie Infinity has been exploding in this in this genre of nfts um as of recent and it's just amazing because they're soon to be the soon to have the biggest discord channel in the world that's like how big the community is growing and this game is creating like multiple economies <laughs> out of the game and it's kind of a madness right because you there's the axes you can buy the two different tokens you can earn and it, the, mm -hmm. the whole game is designed in such a circ like you know circular way and very like so well you know it just offers a lot for yeah. um for the users to to do and to earn you know and people have, are coming up with such uh, interesting ways to uh you know to go to go about earning in yeah. in, in, in the nft space and and specifically axie infinity because a lot of people are because now an axie costs at least 200 probably like for a cheap one is 300 bucks so that's kind of kind of a lot like because you need three axes to start the game so that's like what you know 700 bucks 
minimum just to just to start which is quite a lot for for people to shove out to you know play the game so mm-hmm. people who've been playing who've been breeding axes you know now they're creating scholarships where they enter into profit sharing agreements with different people you know and lend out their axes and that's that's passive income well, if you have a massive massive team of multiple scholars who are yeah. you know generating 30 30 percent you know income for you from each scholar that's that's a madness in, in yeah, it's opinion. almost like um yeah. like an employment contract that makes use of um what do you call it like a clause where it's uh effort-based yeah. so like uh you know exactly. like a realtor in america mm-hmm. they get like a bonus whenever they sell a house they get a part of the cut yeah yeah it's, it's almost like that you know but in, in a gaming form and in a smart contract form instead of a legal contract exactly oh man it's insane it's i think it's i think it's so cool like what's going on and i think it the community will just keep growing because it's the community is so strong at the moment like it just keeps growing and the people people tweeting are tweeting about axie infinity because it's 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 like the game the the crypto game at the at the moment but uh it'll be interesting to see how how long you know if it can continue to sustain you know because like yeah. i know like for top shop for example is like the hottest thing in the space at some point and now top shots like really not <laughs> it's kind of dead <laughs> but um but yeah i have faith in infinity uh actually infinity because like whole country like the philippines like everybody is playing actually infinity they talk about actually infinity in the news like their whole channels that just are Axie Infinity focus, and now there's like a huge rise in streamers for Axie Infinity, and, who, and they're garnering you know a couple thousand views at the moment. But they'll soon, you know, I reckon you know hit a mill, you know, a couple hundred thousand at least like uh, followers. Like this game is gonna be huge. It's already huge. Yeah. Man, it is already huge. Exactly. Yeah. As I said, it, it really I think it really shows the the potential of NFTs in yeah. uh, in the real world as well. For so, sure. Yeah, I think it's it's been some really interesting discussion and some some really good insights this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, with all this being said, we'll see you guys next week in a new episode of News Bites. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at Sabai Squared at Otoko Crypto, and on of course the AdBlock Exploring podcast. And we'll see you soon. Peace out. Peace.